Welcome to the One Question Podcast, brought to you by Wabi Sabi Studios. I'm your host, Michelle Cox, and I love having unlikely conversations on uncomfortable topics. It's a huge passion of mine, so much so that I wrote a few books a while back that challenge people's notion on living a life more unconventionally. This entire podcast stems around one question. If there was one topic you wish society would talk more about, what would it be? It's learning to enjoy the small things. And I know that's such a cliche term, but just making those slight amendments really can change your focus and your outlook. Amy Clark, or better known as the Chief Confetti Curator and Rebel-in-Chief at Confetti Rebels, has a heart full of glitter and a soul made of sparkles. She is the creative tornado behind this bright, bold and unapologetically authentic apparel brand. Whether she's dreaming up dazzling designs or unleashing confetti dance storms on social media, Amy's mission is clear, to sprinkle joy and rebellion in equal measure. Amy's rebel spirit doesn't stop at crafting whimsical wonders. She's also a firm believer in spreading positivity and embracing individuality. Whether she's launching the most colourful clothing or encouraging people to flaunt their quirks with pride, Amy is all about celebrating what makes us uniquely awesome. I came across Amy many years ago and she certainly is an absolute powerhouse and makes you smile incredibly. So it's so wonderful to sit down with you today, Amy. We're in the studio. I felt there was nowhere better than to have this talk with you in another creative space. So uh, can't wait to see where this conversation takes us. It is so lovely to have you here on the podcast. Welcome. And we're in my studio. Isn't this cool? It is beautiful. I've already eyed something off that I want to want to take home. Fantastic. If there is one thing that you wish society would talk more about, what would it be? Absolutely. Learning to love yourself inside and out. That's Mm. my that's my topic for today. I love it. It's a beautiful topic. And why is that an area that you're passionate about? Well, I suppose obviously a lot of it um, stems from beginning my my company, Confetti Rebels, and it's about you know empowering women especially and and body positivity and mindset because yeah, when I was first diagnosed with postnatal depression with my firstborn, almost ten years ago, no, I'd say nine years ago now. I thought everything was perfect. You know, I had the child, and I was you know we were in a financial position where I didn't have to work and I was going to live this, you know, really luxurious life of motherhood. And he actually was a perfect baby. He was a really beautiful boy and he was, he slept all the time and he was happy all the time. And aspects of that would sort of start to dwindle and fade after about four or five months. And then I realized that there was a lot of things in my past, like trauma that was then starting to creep up on me and, I was very lonely and I was very, I didn't enjoy my own company. I didn't enjoy myself, who I was as a person. And um, these are all these traits of postnatal depression that you don't think you're actually going to get, you know. This brand new, beautiful little baby and and you have all this um, other stuff you're dealing with as well. And women are, you know, you're also going through all the changes with your body physically, right? So, So So, you know, having the physicality Mm -hmm. stuff 
the whole world's been ripped up and then you've got these kind of other things happening that yeah. you kind of start to is my me- mental state stable yeah. and, yeah. and you, lo- you tend to you lose yourself you lose yeah. yourself as a person mm. and you kind of you lose that identity of of what you were you go from being in a relationship with someone i mean obviously this isn't isn't with everybody that has postnatal but or anyone that has a baby but like literally you as yourself as an entity to then having this small person that you have to look after and you start to doubt so many things like what you're doing is it right is it is it correct is it what's correct is what i think is right is that right or you know then i've got some older people telling me that well, I should just do this and that. So yeah, you you really start to question everything about yourself, and that's when your self confidence starts to absolutely take it a massive dip, mm-hmm. and you basically yeah lose your identity and go. If I could look back now, before he was born, I wouldn't have said that I was content in life, but it's amazing now. Uh, I'm in such a different reality and different life. I'm so content, but it took a long time to get there and work that out and different things that happen in your life. But at the end of the day, it all stems back to you and what you're feeling and what you're going through and how it makes you become a person. And yeah, so essentially I lost myself, yeah, nine years ago and and I'm I'm not perfect. I'm still not there yet, but I definitely essentially love myself a lot more now than I did and how did you get there then because obviously as you say it's been a been a pathway but what are the kind of things you did I guess to start to chip away at that and that limiting self-belief or the doubt or all the things that you were feeling and you know it's not just internally it's also yeah as you said a physical thing as well you know your body changes Mm -hmm. and even even if you don't have a baby as you get older your body changes you need to yeah yeah (laughs) yeah exactly you know you're like shit I used to be able to do you know bench presses at the gym I don't know who could do that but anyway and then like as you get older like you crick your neck and you're like I can't go for 10 days 12 days because my neck's stiff and it's like this shit didn't happen when I was younger so like it's not just internally it's externally as well so I I lost myself my identity as a person becoming a mum because I felt like I said I put so much pressure on myself to to look after this other person and also try to keep my marriage going well as well. I, I lost myself and I, I would say the first thing I could, you would do obviously and this is key advice to everybody is to obviously go see someone a professional, which I was in such denial about. You know the generation of my parents you know they don't really like therapists they don't believe in it like I, I mean a lot of them do but you know my mum and dad used to say ah oh, you know he's going to see a quack they, yeah. you know it's just like it's not talked about no well, it's seen as a really negative That's thing it. wasn't it yeah like, and they're all yeah they're quacks they're loonies you know they're just you know they listen to your problems all day they must have something wrong with them you know how are they meant to help you they don't go for so uh, you know essentially I, I was a little bit hesitant to find someone and it took me you know a good three goes to find a really good therapist to talk to I would only talk to a woman and I know that sounds really but I'm like I can't talk to a man about this stuff because at the end of the day he hasn't experienced it mm-hmm. even if it's a woman without a child she still has gone through an element of this mm-hmm. and she's you know had the same feelings as me so yeah sorry to any men's psychologists or counselors out there but I just couldn't no, I think it makes thing. sense yeah you know, you've got to feel comfortable it's like and it's interesting your point you said like to go through three I think that's important for people to 
to hear that because sometimes they'll go and see one person like oh that that that's that were ridiculous yeah. it wasn't right it's like anything it's you need a yeah. like a it's chemistry a relation, it's a relationship yeah. it literally is and you've got to be vulnerable with them and yeah. You know, letting your guard down and sharing some of your, you know, most inner, mm -hmm. most secrets, I guess. Yeah. So you need to feel really comfortable. It's kind of like talking to your best friend, but you got to pay them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But also, they're not like your best friend and worried about your feelings. They're going to tell you probably the stuff that totally. you need to hear. Yeah. yeah, and what I really liked about her is that she would feel and say, I understand what you've gone through. Something like this similar happened to me. How I approached this was this way, you know, allowed me to practice a little bit of it's called cbt not the not gummy, cbd no. the gummy, cognitive behavior theory okay. so it's like so things like in the morning i'd get my son dressed and ready to go we'd go out we would be about to go out to mother's group and he would cry and i would just be like nah i'm done i can't go out and, and she's like what's the worst case scenario you pack everything up and you come home because he's crying is that really a bad thing and i'm like yeah probably not but when you feel like you're drowning and as I said, your lack of self-confidence in your, in everything that you do, it just all piles up. <laughs> We've been seeing each other for about a year and a half. So I actually <laughs> then fell pregnant with my second and I'm like, I think I'm good now. And she's like, yeah, okay. And the funny thing is if I had my second baby first, I wouldn't have had a second because mm. she was a nightmare. <laughs> and I can't believe that I didn't have postnatal with her because you know but yeah so along the way I yeah I guess I definitely suggest speaking to someone mm. it doesn't matter who it is obviously not your best friends and stuff because they're going to have a one-sided approach to it and you have to really pick and choose what you want to tell like talk to your friends about because sometimes you want your friends for a certain reason like I have my friends to uplift me I'll burden them with my problems if they need to pick up my kids from school things like that but with really heavy stuff I, I'll tell them, but I don't expect anything back in return. Is that a weird thing to say? That's interesting because I think, you know, sometimes you feel sometimes like that's what your hug. friends are there for. I know, but sometimes you want to hug. Yeah, but if they don't understand what you're fully going through as well, how can they support you, True. I guess? And you maybe... But sometimes they're a bit too opinionated yeah. and you're like, oh, I yeah. don't know if I want to take that. Do you think, though, that's it? Like, you could pick, you know, you have you, yeah, your yeah. point, you have different friends that are... Like this is a good one, you know, to, to help me, as you say, yes. uplifting. And this is one that's good, you know, in a crisis. And yeah. this one's, you know, not great with bad news. Like they're going to bawl yeah. their eyes out in front of me and that's not going to help me right now. So I don't know, maybe that's the element. But I think your point about seeing someone yeah. and, you know, get professional assistance, whatever that looks like for you, I think is critical. And yeah. that's the real interesting point. And, so. and yeah, so like obviously stemming to, you know, loving myself inside, mm. that was... Like I said, I, the self-doubt was just horrific. Like I felt like just this dumb little girl that didn't know anything. And it's amazing that switch of motherhood did that to me. Mm -hmm. And I think like I remember like, I was telling you about my brother earlier and, you know, he's an amazing person and having that imposter syndrome with him and, you know, he's very smart. He's very charismatic. He's an amazing person. He's the triple threat. Like, you know, he's creative. He's... I clearly look up to him. My parents have that expectation on me and it, it's weird. Like it all just came out all at once. And, you know, I just, I realized I, I wasn't good enough and, you know, I didn't get my career off the ground right when I had children. So, you know, when am I going to do it now? Like I have to look after babies now for the next however many years. And so, you know, my career is 
gone. I'm not like my brother. I don't earn the same amount of money as him. I have to rely on my husband for financial things because I've had children now. So like, it, it's amazing. It's like a snowball effect. Yeah, literally a so And how old were you when you were um, quite young with your first child? I was 30. Yeah, we were the first out of all our friends to have kids. Mm. So yeah, and, and just having no support system mm. from my, my parents passing away and things like that. So. And your parents, we talked about this earlier as well, like your parents passed away, you were young. Yeah. And it's interesting how you say about having that expectation though of what they think and that they mm. expect of you, even though they're no longer here. Yeah. So talk to me about that because is that have you worked through that or yeah. is, do you still feel that now? I have I have worked through it. So I know this is really funny and some people are going to roll their eyes when they listen to this, but I actually went and saw a medium and she is amazing. I booked her under my maiden name. I used my old email address with my old maiden name and anything because I was like, if she's going to find out stuff about me, she's going to know my name, she's going to Facebook me, all this kind of stuff. Anyway, I went to every opportunity for this person not to look me to up and everything. Yeah. And when I went to see her, she was spot on with so many things. And I know you can pick and choose what you take from those kind of things, you know, tarot, medium, whatever. But one thing that she said was that your mum is so proud of you. I had to get a medium to tell me that. And whether or not it's true or whatever, that gave me... I do, because some of the stuff she was saying was just so... It was just too too bizarre. And we could go on that for another... Maybe we do another topic on that. But yeah, so it's funny. That gave me that little bit of a a push to to start building up my confidence. And I I can't believe it was something like that. Mm -hmm. It wasn't my husband telling me every day how proud he was of me. Mm -hmm. It was a medium. And I just couldn't believe that, yeah, someone that I didn't know that possibly may have connected with my mum... And my mum's opinions were so important to me. You know, she was my life mm-hmm. and we were best friends. And then she went, she died, she was gone. And she never saw any of my achievements. Mm-hmm. She never saw me have children. She never saw me buy my first home. Kids live to achieve things. They want to make their parents proud. And that was the kind of love my mum gave me back when I did anything that, you know, she, she was proud of. You know, just getting to university, she was proud of me because she knew it was a quite a hard feat because obviously I wasn't very studious. So, yeah. yeah. So how did you work through that, Amy? Like, I mean, that's some big stuff. So I have my little list here and this is something I've kept for, for a long time. And I go over it constantly because it's, you know, you tend to lose your way after a while. And, but yeah, things like not being ashamed of my flaws. So I have to write them out because obviously, you know, my brain works in 500 million ways. And I was just saying before that I wouldn't remember them. And I do. I have a little post-it note on my mirror every morning and it helps me remind. So yeah, not being afraid of my flaws. Like I have so many flaws. We all have so many flaws. And using some of those flaws as an advantage is so important. And if you can do that, like I feel like one of my flaws is talking too much. And sometimes talking too much. You're on a podcast. It's perfect. (laughs) There you go. There's your advantage. (laughs) It It can put me in situations where I'm able to create an online community where I talk too much, but I talk too much about things that other people can relate to. So it's turning that negative into a positive. Prioritizing my time. So a big thing that my therapist said, so my son was one and a half and she's like, you need to put him in daycare for a day. And I said, but I don't work. And she goes, yes, you do. You work 24 hours a day. Even when you're sleeping, you work. You are a mother. 
and you're a woman and you have got so many things going on in your brain you need a day to just and i don't care she goes you can sit all day and watch tv you can do whatever you want if, if cleaning the house makes you happy that's fine but you just do something that doesn't allow you to just take that element away from your time and it was the best thing i ever did oh i'd sit at a cafe i'd talk to people i'd go for a walk and that's obviously living at the beaches is great. I'd like to go for a walk and I'd, you know, count how many dolphins I would see in a day. And it was weird. I'd like have a dare with myself, like I bet with myself, like if I saw this many, then I would do this or something like that. It was just really stupid. So something like that. Saying no is a really important thing. This builds up that love for you to start enjoying life a little bit more. And yeah, I, I feel like I was a yes person. Yeah, I'll do that. And in the end, I was focusing on things that weren't really relevant and hurting people around me that I really needed to give my time to, including myself. Yeah, I think it's really important, though, so like having those yes. boundaries. We need to say no more. Yeah. And it's not rude. I'm not being rude about it. Um, I can say no, but I can find someone that will be able to help you with this or, you know, just, but I don't have the mental space right now to help you with this. Or I just don't have the capacity. That's exactly. okay. We all have a finite amount of time. It's so intense yeah. now. Mm. Like we have so many jobs on our lists. Mm. So yeah, saying no is so important. Things like making lifestyle changes. Like, honestly, I used to hate walking. I would think, I'm like, why would you go from A to B? Like when you just come back to A, like what's the point of walking? <laughs> Like, it's like, why? Why do people walk? Like, and then I started walking and I'm like, oh my God, I love this, you know? And I started walking with friends and we chat. And I was like, I know it just sounds like such a normal, simple thing, but you know, my husband doesn't walk. I mean, he runs, but he doesn't walk. And I find that walking allows you to slow down and think about things and think about... Especially with busy brains like we've yes. got, like it does calm your brain. And if you are able to do that in nature, that has a really yeah. good double effect. So oh, Totally. So I have walks for nature or I have walks with a girlfriend that's a business owner and we talk business the whole time and we love it because we just chat about all nothing positive. I know it sounds horrible. We talk about the woes of businesses and complain about some of the customers and complain about shipping. And like, you know, sometimes you just need to have a bitch session about stuff. So exactly. And then I have a, a walk with one of my best friends and everything is just love and awesome. And, you know, let's talk about our kids and this. And then I have a, fr a friend that doesn't have children. And I love talking about like my past life with that and love listening to her, you know, hookups and things like that. So that's one lifestyle change I've done. But also a few years ago, I would use food as an element to satisfy my moods. Yeah, I was an emotional eater. I would find solace and, and happiness in not good food either, just shit. Like I'd eat two Sundays. I'd go and order two Sundays and they'd be like, yeah, where's the second person? I'm like, no, no, they're both for me or, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But then I'd go home and I'd, I'd notice I'd eat emotionally when I was sad or if something hectic and stressful was going on. And I, it started becoming quite detrimental to my own health and my mental health. I got diagnosed with pre-diabetes at the start of this year. I had to make a real radical change. And my lifestyle changes have really curb like I started going to the gym I do not look like the type of person that goes to a gym but I love pumping weights and letting go of toxic people mm. I let go of two family members in my life a couple of years ago and it, it hurts me I've that's the next chapter I've got to go see with my therapist but my life is so much more at peace 
they weren't filling my cup and I clearly wasn't filling their cup. So I made the choice to say like, let's just part ways. We might come back at it. Did you have a conversation with them? Oh, we had a, far, a very big fight. Okay. And it was all, all about my personality and me and how much of a, you know, dramatic, crazy out there person I am. And, you know, it was... It Is was, this where the t-shirt came from? Yes. The uh, yeah. famous t-shirt. Yeah. I'm too much, go find less. It does come from that. And I always felt like I needed to prove myself to these people and it was never good enough. And now that that's gone and they're out of my life, like I still care for them. And obviously if they ever need anything, I will be there. But it was on a day-to-day -day thing. I just couldn't deal with the stress of it. And letting go of that, like even my husband mentioned the other day, he goes, you're just so, so much happier because that's out of your life now. And I hope one day it'll change, but it takes two to tango, unfortunately. And, you know, and it hurts mm -hmm. because they're family and I love family. I'm a big family oriented, but I just believe that, yeah, letting go of toxic people in your life that no longer bring you joy it's like that. It's like the whole friendship thing as well, you know. Then they say there's friends for friends for life, friends for a season, friends for now. Yeah, I think the the season thing is an interesting one. I've been sort of working through that as well, and yeah. about kind of looking at your life as seasons yeah. and thinking there's a winter season and a summer season and a spring season, you know, where we clean up and we refresh. Yes. And, and so bringing that into your life, whether it is you know friends or yeah. family or just sort of toxicity, yeah, it's. It's a good way to look at it rather than feeling, I've known this person since I was 10 or they're a family member, so they must be in my life forever. We change. No, We become different people. Yeah, it's having that conversation. Like if they still want you in their life, it's maybe sitting down with them and saying, what, can I, what do I add to your life that is so beneficial that you're not adding to mine? I know that sounds really harsh. But also, like some people just don't operate like that. Yeah. Like we think that's a big thing to think about. I mean, it's, the fact that you... Who you sits know, down and talks like yeah. that? Yeah. I mean, the fact that it's you've seen counsellors, you've yeah. seen a medium, like you are consciously more developed than many people. So, mm. you know, a lot of time in, you know, some of those people that are toxic mm. don't even realise they are. No. That's their shit. They've got to work it out. And yeah. that's where I've kind of got to with those people that I've removed from my life. It's or having less time with some of those yes. people that are toxic and the you know toxic positivity or oh. those that are um passive aggressive yes. you know they're the worst and because you oh. kind of go like you're sort of sounding like you're being nice but you're actually being yeah. you know horrible and it's, it's also so how you are life. as a person around them yeah like, there's a few people in my life that i'm not around anymore and i didn't like the person i was i didn't like how i reacted back to them yeah. i didn't like how after i spent time with them how I reacted back to my family, what my mood was like. I don't think it's selfish. I think it's making that really important decision that, hey, I don't need to put up with this bullshit. Life is too short. It's harder when it's a, a boss or a job or something like that because, you know, that's a whole different kettle of fish. But the ones that you can distance yourself mm. from that are making you feel like you're not worthy or mm. you're not worth the time definitely you need to reassess and work out whether or not and yeah I, I did that and I definitely say family meetups are a lot more bearable now and they're nicer but then I was also saying like it's a lot harder when they're your actual parents or mm -hmm. their sibling or anything like that it's it's so hard so thinking about all those points and there's some really great ones I think for people to think about and I love the fact that you have that you know on your mirror in the morning and yeah. stuff to remind you it's really important so how did you then use those so you've kind of gone through a process and you know you're changing a lot of things in your life mm. 
And then what's then started to happen about, you know, loving yourself more? Are there particular things that you found? Um, happiness. Yeah, okay. Like genuine happiness. Like I, I think I was in bed with my husband about two weeks ago and I said to him, I'm just so content right now. You know, I've had a, a real hard 15 years, like 20 years losing my parents and things like that. It's my time now to focus on me and that contentness. And yes, things happen like, you know, the mortgage goes up a couple of grand and you've got to work out. But like, you know, it's just learning to live and enjoy the little things. And that's what I never used to do. I never used to sit and enjoy my children's company. I was always willing for them to grow up quicker because once they got to the next step, they'd be easier, this, this and this. You know, if my daughter wants to sit down and play Barbies, why would I say no? Of course I'm going to sit there because in another 10 years, she'll be telling me to rack off and she wants to, you know, run off with a boyfriend. So right now it's learning to enjoy the small things. And I know that's such a cliche term, but those little things, they fill my cup. Just making those slight amendments just really can change your focus and your outlook mm. and, and yeah don't even get me started on like the whole body positive thing because yeah. no I think we need to yeah. <laughs> you are so amazing online Amy yeah. and like we met years ago at um, an event and then I started following you and then just the joy you bring to the world is oh. so special and that's you know this conversation about loving yourself inside and out I think you know you you exude that and oh, I know you're touching on stuff that you know that's not always the case or not always been the case or like everyone we all have sort of positive and negative days but I'm curious about how you got to that point of showing up in your undies and doing you know dancing around your house which I bloody love. I I think I've always been my my mum always said I was born for acting so I think I was born for Instagram like you know some people are born for Instagram some people are not look honestly it's so hard because you know, I'm obviously a very extroverted person and there's obviously a lot of introverted people and I could never ever tell an introverted person to just go out there and do stuff. And it's not necessarily breaking that comfort barrier because I I don't believe that you should get out of your comfort zone because getting out of your comfort zone can also go in a, it can go downhill very quickly, but it's just slightly pushing that boundary like a little bit more. I have days where I want to wear color and I couldn't give a shit what anyone thinks about me and I want to dye my hair pink like it is now or bright purple or I feel like wearing a chill skirt. And to me, clothing and color literally absorb my personality exorb exude whatever you know what I mean I'm I'm not very good literal (laughs) literal literacy wise but yeah I I like to express my my personality and myself through color and whatever I want to wear so I think something like that's really important but then there's also days where I just want to wear all black because that's just what I want to do and how do you deal with whether it's the negativity or the comments or people's opinion of how you look what you wear and how you dance like if people have an opinion go who cares like if you think that i'm but don't you think that's one of the things that people like often that's what people worry about the most right because they dress for others or and your whole point about the fact that you are quintessentially yourself is what is so attractive so the most important thing is to remember that those people aren't thinking that they're thinking about themselves no one is actually thinking about you They're thinking about themselves before they think about you. So if you step out in the street with a gigantic big 
anaconda on your head and you're wearing like feathers or whatever, that person that sees you is going to think about themselves first before they actually think about judging you. It, it honestly is. Like we are so self-involved. Even though people, people quickly like make a remark or something, you can't take it to heart. Like, you know, I had an old lady come up to me the other day and she, I, I think I had like a, a rainbow knit and my hair was up in pigtails or something and I was just down at the shops and she came up to me, she grabbed my hair, she's like, you are just beautiful and you've just made me so happy looking at you today. And I just went, job's done. Like, thank you. Like, and, and throwing a compliment That's out fine. there, like, really makes a difference. Mm -hmm. So before you think to say anything to anyone about, like, you know, oh, yeah, I don't think those jeans look good on you or anything, throw a compliment out. Like, it's a compliment sandwich is amazing. People love them. Like, I, there was a girl that wore, like, these, she was walking down the street the other day, she had these pink shoes on. Obviously, clearly, I like pink. And I just had to stop her and say, I, I love your shoes. You look amazing in them. I might have made her day so much better. She might have had a really shit way, you know, walked to work and met with a crazy boss and angry boss and she didn't like him. But she's like, you know what? That girl said that my shoes look good in the street. Like you don't understand how much a compliment can make someone. So, yeah, it's just, well, I was saying like, and it could be a whole different podcast, but learning to not give a shit what people think so much about you. So how do you do that though? How have you learned to do that? Do you think you're born with that or do you think that oh, you can to, learn it? To an, to an extent, I do. Like the age old thing of anxiety. We have anxiety in so many different ways. My anxiety is nothing to do with confidence. Like it's a really hard thing. If you are really doubting your confidence, I genuinely think it's possibly something so much more intrinsic than what you're actually wearing. So you can wear the most colorful things and you can still be really sad. So it's, it is working on yourself within. And okay, so say for example, when I was first with my husband, I was a different weight. I was what I would call, you know, skinny and I was fucking miserable he'd want hugs and he'd want to cuddle me and I'd be like, get off me. I don't want to, like, I just felt so shit about myself. I didn't like myself as a person. And then over the years, I would say just letting go and not thinking, okay, I need to look this certain way. I need to be this certain way to make someone else happy. What's going to make me happy? I love those jeans. I don't think I would, should wear them because they're a little bit crazy. Why not? fuck it, I'm going to buy them. They've got, you know, they've got flowers on them, whatever. It doesn't have to be a materialistic thing. It could be anything, but adding a little thing to your life. And then, as I said, like uh, over the years, postpartum, things like that, I put on weight. I was the happiest I was. And I was 20, 30 kilos heavier. And my, my husband loved that. He's like, you are such a different person because you're just so happy within yourself because you, I didn't care. Mm. So what if I was the size I was? Who cares? Mm. It's not bothering you. Mm. It's not bothering them. It's not bothering me. So what's it matter? I don't have the miracle answer as to how to... What's interesting, I think... In, everyone's so different. Yeah, but also, I mean, you have a huge following online and, you know, the toxicity that happens on, yeah. in social media. And, you know, I'm intrigued, like we talked a little bit about it before, about some of the negative stuff oh, that happens so in social media. And so do you just... I, mean, I just feel sorry for them. I just, yeah. I just say... Again. Do you respond or do you just delete? It depends on the situation. Like if it's offensive to other people as well, 100%, I block and delete because that person doesn't even follow me. They've just come across me and decided to leave a comment. If it's a valid response, 
I will absolutely respond to it with kindness or, you know, that's your opinion. Let's take it offline. If you have something to say about me, let's, you know. People do that or is it they grandstand? Very yeah, because they just they want to have a reaction online. It's amazing. Instagram is a completely different community to other for, like social forums. Like I find I've found my friends through there and I've found, yeah, my community. People know what they're going to get with me. They know they're going to get authenticity. Just cut the bullshit. People just love realistic. Like mm-hmm. I've had a bad week in business. I go online and talk about it. It's probably a no-no, but I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it so that you buy more stuff. I'm saying for it so the other th- 50 people that are having a bad week with small business go, yeah. yeah Thank I'm you. Thank you for way. being honest. Yeah, it is. So things like that, it's just being honest and true to yourself and then being authentic. Yeah. Like, you know, I still throw a white lie here and there. I have to do my children. Like, you know, otherwise I can't get through life. But like, you know, and we, we all tell a few tales now and then. And obviously some of my stories can be extravagant and crazy, but yeah, it's just a little bit stretched of the imagination. Stressed, yeah, though, but yeah. you're in a creative. Yes. Yeah. Like, so when you walk out to the beach, right, you're in your brand new swimming costume and you're like, oh my God, everyone's looking at me. They're not. They're not looking at you. They're worrying about what they're looking like. They're worried about you looking at them. They're not looking at you and judging you. Again, no one like immediately thinks about you over them. We're so self-involved. We're always worried about what we're feeling, what we're thinking. Just do it. Just wear whatever you want to wear to the beach. Yeah, that's good. The final part I wanted to ask you was around your term about, you know, loving yourself sort of inside and out. Mm. What do you mean by that? Isn't it like famous RuPaul drag race? You know, honey, you've got to love yourself, you know, first before you can love other people. It's literally that. You know, the times where I was really down in life, probably, you know, to the average person, I looked like I had my shit together. I looked healthy, you know, I had a really good job and stuff and everything looked like it was going well, but internally I was miserable. And if you can't work on loving yourself first, you can't then give that to other people. You can't, it's really hard for you to then go, well, I've, I now have to then focus on these people and give them my love. So if you start accepting who you are you know if you want to change make changes that's great but make them feel the good make them to make you happy but if you can't do that then you're not going to make anyone happy around you if you're not happy with yourself so yeah loving yourself is so important before you can love other people Amy, it's been an absolute delight to chat to you today. Thank you. Yeah. And I must I must I'm not a therapist I'm not anything this is just what's worked for me but yeah as I said there's a lot that therapists can do to help you get through it because mine did Mm. and um yeah we're friends now and she's like you're thriving and I'm like thanks to you yeah how good is that yeah absolute pleasure and lovely to have you here in the studio thank you thanks for coming yeah let's go okay (laughs) well there you have it wasn't that an incredible conversation I hope you enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed bringing it to you If you did like it, can I ask a small favour? Please rate and review on your listening platform for me. I know everyone asks this, but it seriously makes a difference to help get these conversations out in the world and makes all the hard work and effort I put into this for you all the more worthwhile. And until next time, if you have one question you'd like to ask me, hit me up on my socials or jump on my website, michellejcox.com.